All right, it looks like it is 6.30 here on Wednesday, February 14th, and we will call to order the City Council meeting for the City of Centerville. Our first item of business will be roll call. Council Member Sweeney. Here. Council Member Mosier. Present. Council Member Taylor. Present. Junior Council Member Avery Saubert. Here. All right, and I am Russ Kosky, acting mayor tonight, sitting in the middle chair as Mayor D. Love is unavailable. And our first next item up will be Pledge of Allegiance, please. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you very much, everyone. Um, next up, and by the way, happy Valentine's Day to everyone out there and everyone in the room tonight. Next up will be our agenda, approval of the agenda. Mark, do we have anything to add? I believe you said there was... Yes, Mr. Acting Mayor, we would like to um, add an item under new business, item number three, um, to set the date for the town hall that we've been discussing. And so we've got a couple of um, proposed dates there we'll get to when we get to that item. So just adding that item okay. to the agenda, otherwise there are no other changes. Item number three, and I know I had an updated agenda here. Item number three. I'll make a motion to uh, approve the change and uh, approve the agenda. Second. All right, so we got a motion for the agenda approval with the added change. item to new business. We got a first and we got a second. Any further discussion? Hearing none, all in favor say aye. 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 Opposed, and the agenda is approved with item number three. Okay, I'm going to make that note. All right, next up, appointments and presentations. We have none. Public hearings tonight, we have none. Next up is Roman numeral number five, which is approval of the minutes, January 24th of 2024 that would be the council meeting and the work session does anyone have any changes or additions or comments in the minutes I do uh, council member Sweeney what you got uh, um, in the packet here page page three of nine uh, introductory meeting Gail Cedarberg uh, second paragraph midway through she stated that it's very complicated and flushed out in the next few years, we shouldn't have been flushed, not flushed. Yeah, those things. Yeah, I saw that too. I think in and there was uh, other than that. I think I just picked up a couple of. Um, uh, let's see. No, I had them out here. I thought. Um, under on page six and nine, deed redevelopment grant. Um, it's the line that said. He did not that there was a 50% match. I think that should be note. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Kosky got you that one there too. Yeah, so. we I noticed that one too. You got that Thank one too. You. And there was one, uh, oh, the other one was on page eight of nine for um, under the um, council reports. I am not on EDA. That would be Council Member Taylor. Um. Page eight of nine, top of the page, under my name. They got me under economic development. It says Council Member Sweeney gave no report that is I shouldn't have had a report anyway. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 
<laughs> Thank you for not giving one. It's certainly a... Yeah, I would have been guessing probably worse than I do from yeah. the meeting Okay. Um, we Other got... than that, I think that's all I have I found through there. Very good. Very good. Thank you very much. Anyone else have any on the minutes from January 2024? I had a couple that I'm going to toss out there on page 8 of 78 in the packet, which is 5 of 9 in the minutes. And there's a comment down there stating the city has 600000 for transportation study. I'd like to see where that is coming from, but um, page 8 of 9, i got to get there, page 8 of 9. And Mr. Mayor, or Acting Mayor, um, you and I discussed before the meeting that that should say 650000 actually, but it should be for transportation improvements, not just the study. So that was Amazon's um, money that they uh, gave to us for um, doing various improvements around the um, their facility, which comes out of the study. The study will tell us what those improvements should be. So. Okay, and then um, on page um, nine, 9 of 78 in the packet, or 6 of 9 in the minutes, there was a comment down there um, about the 50% match. Um, now, Terry, did you bring that one up? Um, yeah, that was the one that, yep. yep. Okay. So we got that one crossed off. And then on page 11 of 78 in the packet, or 8 of 9 in the minutes, at the bottom of the page in the minutes, page 8 of 9, this would be uh, under um, Councilmember Koski's comments on the Fire Steering Committee. Um, they completed a budget review, and they were slightly over with additional costs and revenues coming in. Where is that comment about? Um, he stated, we are, oh, it's on page uh, 11 of 78. He stated that we are in, in the third year of the contract and discussions and planning will be implemented shortly. So uh, my point being there, um, it's not very clear what contract is being referred to, but that would be the contract with SBM, Spring Lake Park, Moundsview, Plain Moundsview. Um, they act as our fire chief, and I think that should be Point it out a little more clear on that one, if that's okay. Mr. Stotts, we could do that. And then on page 40, no, forgive me, that's something else. That, that is something else, right? Yep. Okay, so that's good for the minutes, right? Okay. Do we have uh, a motion to approve the minutes from January 24 with the noted additions and changes? So moved. We got a motion. We have a second, please. We got a second by Ray. Um, all, uh, any further discussion? And all in favor, say aye. 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 <coughs> Opposed, and the minutes are approved. Well, that was kind of a tough one for minutes. Alrighty then, we are going to move on to <coughs> next item. The next item up for bid will be um, the consent agenda. Mark, um, does anyone have anything to add or poll or comment on on the consent agenda? I get some under number one and more than one. Okay, under item number one we'll have that polled. Uh, anything else? 
Um, I have a couple item number four on the contract renewal. Um, you know what? Let's skip that. I answered that question myself now that I think about that. Um, but item number five, I want to make a comment on that as well. Anything else on the uh, consent agenda? Hearing none, can we have approval for everything but item one and item number five, please? I'll make that motion. We got a motion by Terry. No. Second. We got a motion by Darren. Second by Terry. Do I hear a second on that, Terry? Sure. <laughs> All right, so we got a motion. We got a second. Any further discussion? All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed, and uh, the consent agenda is approved. Moving on to item number one, Councilmember Mosier. All right, the first one I got is under uh, 36514, travel expenses of almost 400, the lodging for a conference. Does, can we get more detail on what that is, what conference that was? Uh, three, six. And was it one night, two nights, or just a really nice room, or is sure. that what they go for now? Uh, three, say the number again. 399.46, it's the second one right after postage. It's under 36.514, check number. Gotcha. The MasterCard. 36.514. So there's the <coughs> travel expenses lodging for conference 399. That is um, for an upcoming conference in April. That's at the, um, uh, forget which branded resort. Oh, that's upcoming? Yeah, yeah. Oh, is it for like so, two days then? Yeah, that's two days, yeah. Oh, okay. That's two nights. And then down below I see motor fuel, operating supplies, motor fuel, motor fuel. Then there's one that's like $1,271. What's, it says fuel pond. Yeah, so um, if, I can't remember how much we've told you about this whole incident, but we had a beaver that put a dam inside our pipe, and it really was a <coughs> big watershed district's pipe. Um, as it was later sorted out, but um, so we had to pump down um, the ponds that had backed up, and it took us a couple days of pumping, and so we went through a lot of diesel fuel on a big giant generator, um, and so yeah. And the other thing we did was had um, some help from diesel dogs, if you're familiar with them, but they they come out and watch that your generator doesn't run out of fuel and keeps it all going, so you don't burn the thing out and that kind of thing. So. Um, some of those things were probably uh, related to um, the, that generator rental and or the fuel for it and our diesel dogs to come and, and do watchdog stuff for us. So um, luckily for us, uh, because it was in Rice Creek Watershed, the district's pipe, which is really their ditch uh, that they're in charge of, um, they're going to be re reimbursing us for these expenses. And so uh, we've sent them over an invoice already to kind of outline those and they're, they've agreed to pay that so oh wow so they're paying the whole 1271 and, and whatever else here that's mark beaver dam <laughs> so <laughs> interesting yeah. i just thought whoa what the heck yeah it was, it was, I, I didn't know if we have a barrel at the shop that we do not fuel up. no we do not no okay so. and then uh yeah we moved a lot of water <laughs> so it's the ponds water. right behind um american roofing supply and then alongside um like uh Rumble Motorsports there, all those ponds were 
three, four feet higher than there should have been, and we pumped them down two, three feet lower than they would normally be so that we could get into the pipe and work and um, had a contractor have to come out and by hand walk down a 42-inch pipe and shovels and all that stuff. It was quite the operation. <laughs> yeah, the, the beaver had about a 20-foot long stretch of pipe stuffed full of sticks and mud. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. Do you get this on video by chance? <laughs> I wish it <laughs> be a good one to show. Yeah. Oh, and then um, uh, 36538 is just a quick question. It's uh, travel expense for uh, Paul. Is that for, uh, it, it says it's for a uh, conference, but is he driving his own car or is he driving a city car? Um, if he's driving a city car, I don't think they should get reimbursed on that. No, not if it's a city car. Um, I, I th mileage reimbursement. Um, I would guess that is his own personal vehicle. Um, I can certainly double check that that's the case. Um, yeah, I think that might be worth Mark. I think that's a fair question. Um, yeah, I, I, I certainly was. Suspect and presume it was his own vehicle, personal vehicle. But yeah, we should probably just for clarification. Yeah, well, we should say personal, you know, vehicle. They're like I told you in the beginning. The the comments have never been elaborate. Not yeah. that they all have to be, but I mean, it just. Yeah. I, I'm the guy that kind of watches the low hanging fruit. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I, I uh, appreciate that, Darren. I know I kind of noticed that one too, but I didn't jot that number down. Um, yeah, I believe it was a. I believe it was a three-day conference down at the U, so it's probably three trips back and forth, you know. So. Yeah, I'm just asking, that's all. Yep. I don't, just, I like more detailed explanation. And then the last one I got, Mr. Koski, so don't hold this up, is 36528, these nameplate signs? Yeah. Now, is it just the one right there? Like, yes, sir. I can see the A everyone, that's all? Yes. I brought you... Something that we use at my company, and it's a bigger sign than that because the bottom sign stays right. Yeah, so I think that's a hundred four dollars. I, I, I think that that's two signs. I, I think that it was Avery's and Don's, maybe. Um, that, that number seems high, but it, it's not cheap. Yeah, yeah, that one there, I think we pay like thirty something dollars for sure. each one, so two would be sixty something dollars. Sure, so. Yeah. You can make them? Okay. Hot dog. So I was just asking about that because I thought yep. that was excessive because it's only got one name there. Yeah. Sometimes there's limited space on how much we can, but um, how much can fit on the little description thing here. I, I think it's two, but I'll, I'll double check that. We're getting our new software though, right? Yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> and we can put more detail though. <laughs> yeah. And that is all I got. Thank all you right. for Darren. You had a couple of good ones in there. I appreciate that very much, and thank you for your attention to detail. Um, I had a couple too. Anyone else have anything uh, related to item number one? I did have one. Check number three six five one eight, and it was on the same lines as Darren, and that is uh, mileage reimbursement. I wasn't too concerned about the amount. And this was under for Bruce. And there was mileage reimbursement for our council retreat. And I did not see it for any of the other staff members that attended just for Bruce. And, and I did ask Mark about this um, as well. 
And Mark, can you just explain what our policy is on mileage reimbursement? Yeah, the, the city's policy is to reimburse folks for mileage that the IRS would see as deductible. Um, and so, so it's anything that the IRS would see as a um, unreimbursed business expense. If you get reimbursed for it, you can't deduct it, right? But um, so yeah, this was because a Saturday is not part of the regularly scheduled work week and Hugo City Hall is not a regular workplace. Um, employees are eligible for mileage reimbursement to and from the, that meeting. And um, I believe that Bruce is the only one that probably got his in on time. And so others are coming, mm -hmm. their expenses are coming too. So yeah, we have wanna, I think your point, Mr. Koski, was making sure we treat everybody equal, that everybody gets that mileage if Bruce does. So. Uh, yep. I have not flag, but I was going to ask you after. Yep. <laughs> All right, that, that sounds, thank you, Mark, for that explanation, understandable. And again, it's not the dollar amount. It just, just didn't seem like we had one person there. And, and, and I was curious how we did that reimbursement anyway for travel. Um, I think that should do it for item number one, um, except for check 36548. I got that one written down, so we might as well look. Who said we're going to set a record time here? 36548. Um, what is that? Amazon escrow releases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, thank you. Yeah, I, I think what caught me on that one, Mark, was just that $421,000. Um, that just seemed really high until, yeah, I looked at that escrow, and that was a big, big chunk of it. Yeah. And, and out of curiosity, when that number, or that do, those dollars go into escrow, are we collecting interest on that? Um, yeah, so, so it's, a, it's an interesting question because... Um, what we invest is really the, the larger pile of money that we have. So the city has at any given time anywhere from 11 to $13 million. Um, now that varies depending on what time of year. Do we just get paid from the state on our taxes? We get the taxes in actually three chunks, I believe. Two, like 40% chunks and then one 10%. Two 45% chunks and one 10% chunk, I think is how it goes. Um, so at any given time, we might have a chunk of money. So what we do is we collect interest on that and then distribute it out to each of the funds. So it's not like this fund is in this investment and this yeah. fund is in that investment. It's all kind of one pile of yeah. money. So um, to that uh, to that end, yes, it was part of our pile. So yes, we got some interest on okay. it. Got you. Good enough. And just just to be clear, these these expenses were approved at, on the last meeting agenda. Um, we so normally when we have things that are um, approved on the agenda in terms of like, let's say a contractor's pay request or a, like memberships to certain organizations or something, we'll generally put the check in the, on that same agenda. And I know Steve always asked about that, well, what if I approve the checks early in the agenda and then later on I don't approve that? And we've always kind of viewed the approval of the checks as contingent on something to be approved later. But with the, something this, of this big a dollar amount, I didn't want to have those yeah. checks written and then have to void them out, and you know what I mean? Yeah. So we held off on these so they come across your desk now the second time almost, right? And their attention grabbing those. Yeah, they them, are, right, so. right. <laughs> Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, I think that should um, do it for uh, item number one on the consent agenda. Can I have a motion, please, to approve item number one on the consent agenda with the noted changes and comments? I'll make that motion. Second. Got a motion and a second. Any further discussion, please? Uh, all in favor say aye. 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 Opposed, and item number one is approved. Uh, I called out item number five, and um, Mark, I, I just wanted 
Uh, I, I skipped number four. I'm sorry. Oh, you did? Yeah, okay. I canceled that when I realized I answered my own right. question. I'm um, sorry, too. Could I get the who, who made the motions on the last one? Uh, Darren and Ray. Thank you. You're welcome. And then on um, item number five, Mark, uh, regarding your contract, and, you know, um, I just want to take a moment too because we had some closed sessions on that, and uh, and we asked Mark to provide additional information and to kind of justify his request, and and that's the responsible thing for us to do because that's our job. Um, and Mark did a very good job of responding to our requests and. And he was very patient while going through the whole process. And Mark, I just wanted to say thank you for that. And um, it's not always easy to talk money and raises and those kind of things. Um, I don't think from either side. I know I'm not overly comfortable with it, but it's business at the same time, and, and we got to do our jobs and represent the, the city. And and appreciate all your patience and your understanding with all of that and um, professionalism. So you bet. Um, much appreciated. Thank you. And anything else and on that? Can we have a motion to approve item number five, please? So moved. Ray made a motion. We have a second, please. Second. And Terry made a second. Uh, any further discussion? All in favor say aye. 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 And item number five, number five on the consent agenda is approved. All right. We got through that. How about that? Um, next up is going to be... Old business contract revisions MS4 permit, and there was quite a bit of information in the packet on that. This is with the Rice Creek, Creek uh, Watershed District. Mark, can you kind of kick us off on that? I'll always take uh, a minute to brag about this one. I, I'm very proud of this um, agreement we have with the Rice Creek Watershed District, whereby we share, we, we each have a, a shared responsibility. Uh, we're each MS4 entities, um, and that means uh, municipal separate uh, storm sewer system. So we each operate a storm sewer system, as we just discussed. Rice Creek operates the ditch system through town, and they're responsible for anything um, in that ditch and going draining to that ditch. At the same time, the city is responsible for storm sewer all throughout the city, and we have a permit to operate that storm sewer system. It's the same permit they have. So guess what? We each have the responsibility over the same ground um, and to abide by the same rules. As we learn each year when I give my little spiel about uh, our MS4 and our SWIP, um, we have six minimum control measures, and one of those minimum control measures is regarding erosion and sediment control. So this is a classic example is going out and checking silt fences or biologs to make sure that they're in place, uh, catch basin protection, that kind of stuff near construction sites. So um, rather than us sending a consultant out there to look at those or having city staff go out and look at those, and then at the same time, Rice Creek Watershed District sends their inspector out to look at that same silt fence. We decided, why don't we get together and just have one person go out and look at that? And by the way, the contractor is responsible to look at it as well and log a daily checklist that they made sure that everything was in place. So at one point in time, there were three different people looking at the same silt fence. We just thought that was a little silly. And so we've gotten together and um, partnered. And then what Rice Creek does is they just bill us for half of their time because we figured we're each out there. It's split the time, and um, paying them half-time as opposed to paying a consultant full-time, the difference in 50% plus the difference in the billing rates is drastic, and so we're just saving a boatload of money there and um, not wasting the taxpayers' dollars because Rice Creek is a taxing uh, entity as well. So that's what this is, and we're happy to continue it. Um, you know, 
not really much substantial change to the uh, agreement other than changing the dates and um, you know going through this uh, process. The idea here is to um, make this a, the, the terms we added here was that we'll renew automatically and so rather than come back to you every two years we're going to just have this thing renew automatically because it's going so well and so if at any point we have an issue we'll you know there's clauses in here for us each to get out of the agreement but um, but right now we feel like let's make it an evergreen contract and keep things rolling. Yeah, uh, I think that's a good one. Um, anybody have any questions or comments on that? Thank you, Mark. <clears throat> Anything at all? Um, yeah, Mark, how long have we been doing that? It's about three, four years now? Yeah, um, I think, what did they say in, it say in here? I think 2021 was the first year um, that we... Oh, yeah, I business. guess it did say in there, didn't it? Now that I think about that, August 12th or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, the uh, the one thing I did want to uh, comment on, Mark, in that contract in the uh, red line or um, the red verbiage here under item C, term of agreement, we have that um, red line there at August 12, 2021 to December 31, 2022. And my question would be the start date being February 29 of 2024. What what are we doing in the meantime with that gap there? Yeah, I think that this is just a red line of an old version. I think we passed a, a, an extension to this agreement last year about this time, and I think they just redlined the old version and didn't um, look up that old that second version. So uh, there was no gap. We had them out there, and, and we okay. were paying them and all that kind of stuff. I would so. think, I, I, yeah, I would think that would be caught in an audit or something, throwing money out there without a yeah. an agreement to back it up. But... Um, Okay, that would be all that I have. Um, then, any other kind? Darren? Did they miss something with the beaver getting in there? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, <clears throat> you know, it's one of those things where um, they they do regular checks on their ditches. I don't know if you've seen kind of along the highway to the east, just south of well, just south of our interchange here. Uh, if you look east, you'll see some work there. They cleared out the ditch there, um, so they do regular inspections. Uh, this beaver just found the right time to sneak between their inspections. They're not out there every day, obviously. So yeah, it doesn't take a long It doesn't take, no. To do that. <laughs> they are busy beavers. Really quick. <laughs> yeah. So, it, yeah. Um, just amazed by this. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the fact that it was in the fact that it was in a pipe, too, makes it harder to spot, you know. Yeah. And then, you know, luckily, um, we didn't flood anybody out. And so that, really, we didn't notice it either until we got a call from a business that said, hey, you know, the water's getting a little high in that pond behind us. And. Well, let's go take a look and and start investigating and go, oh, something's not right here. So, yeah. If you see yeah. something, say something. Like yeah. any natural disaster or anything else, you know, that's good that we had a business that got curious. So, Good question. Um, Avery, you have any comments or thoughts on any of this so far? Not quite down there. I kind of maybe have not addressed you appropriately. So forgive me for that. Um, all right. Any other good question, Darren? That's an interesting one. Um, any other comments on this one? So if not, uh, could we have a motion to approve the uh, new revised GPA agreement with Rice Creek Watershed District, please? So moved. Second. We got a uh, uh, motion and a second. Um, and any further discussion? If not, all in favor say aye. 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 And that is approved. Thank you all very much. And we're going to move on to item number yeah. new business. 
All right, we're on Roman numeral number nine there, junior council member. It's new business, new liquor and tobacco license. Uh, Mark, is there some explanation to go with this? Yeah, Mr. Recky Mayor, normally we have um, these on consent agenda, but we wanted to put this one on the new business item for two reasons. Um, one was that this is a new liquor license, so this is a new um, owner, same establishment, but a new owner, and so the license goes with the owner, it doesn't go with the establishment. And um, so being that it was new and not a renewal, we wanted to put it on the new business agenda. And also there was just a, a small um, note in the uh, background check um, regarding a credit uh, issue, um, you know, it's fairly minor, seems like, and, and staff did not feel like that was anything to, reason to not deny it, but um, again, the background check was not completely clean, so we wanted to make sure that you were aware of that and um, had an opportunity to discuss it if needed be. Um, okay, thank you, Mark. Uh, any questions from Council? Councilmember Taylor? I'm just curious that, um, correct me if I'm wrong in understanding that, that she had a background check and that there was an Anoka County background check, but also in the same state instead that she lived in Minneapolis, which would not be Anoka. Is that correct? Sure. Anoka um, County's here. Yep. That's who did the background check. Right. But yeah, I think what she's a resident of Hennepin. Right, and so I think what um, Councilmember Taylor is asking is, were Hennepin County records checked? Um, so I, I believe that all that means is that um, that Anoka County records were checked, and there was no records of county law enforcement contact um, in Anoka County. Um, certainly, we could ask about whether or not there should be a Hennepin County check of that. I believe the criminal history, though, is. Something which national. is national, yeah, yeah. So it, you know, if there were criminal activities, not just contact with, um, because we do, it's not always just convictions; it's contacts with law enforcement that we note on in using the the more regional um, background checks. So um, certainly something we could could ask about is if uh, Hennepin County is normally checked or yeah, the county of residence, or right. just if there's any business interactions. You know, not just in this particular instance, but in general. It, sure. It makes sense if their business and their residence is in the same county. But Yeah, I think that's definitely a fair point. I, I didn't really catch that because I was kind of under the assumption it kind of covered everything, um, especially when the comment about that 2019 judgment with prejudice or whatever there. So, um, well, uh, yeah, I think that's fair, Mark, and maybe... Should we approve this, or do we need to hold off? Um, I, I'm forgetting the timing here. I can look quickly here. Sure. Um, this would 4. be effective March 4. Um, if you wanted, you could table it or uh, until the February 28th meeting. Um, you know, that doesn't leave much time for them to scramble if all of a sudden we were going to deny it. But uh, certainly your prerogative. Otherwise, you could um, a, a suggestion maybe to make a motion to approve it pending a successful query of Hennepin County records that, that shows no, you know, points of concern. Points of concern. Thank you for that language. Yeah. <laughs> uh, very good. So, Mark, let me ask you this: If we did approve it tonight and we found there was some points of concern, very good terminology. Thank you. That's a good one. Um, can we revoke the license? What we would be doing is just issuing a contingent. So we wouldn't actually issue the license. We'd be kind of holding it, but letting them know, hey, don't worry, it's coming as long as you don't have anything funny in, in Hennepin County. 
So I think that would be a would be a better motion if we could. I, just the applicant would have a little bit more stability. stability. Yep. All right. You just got my words for me over there. Thank you. <laughs> but wouldn't any sorry. Yeah, go ahead, Darren. Wouldn't any violation that they have come in the criminal history though? A any criminal convictions would come through there, right? Yeah. It's <clears> um, <throat> yeah. I, I don't. If I start supposing what we would find, I'll, I'll be wrong. So I'm going to leave that to our, our law enforcement folks to tell you the difference. But I, I do think it's a it's a fair point that, you know, if Anoka County records were queried, why weren't Hennepin County records queried if that's where they live and have done business in the past maybe? Or, so. I think it's the, uh, the county that does the background check. I did it with the restaurants, and it's the city that does it. It's on the paper, I believe. Sure. But. Yeah, so we can make a motion to put the verbiage in there of just contingent on um, successful passing of a Hennepin County query. All right. I, think I would, I would make that motion. I'll okay. second that. We're going to have Ray make that motion as stated by Mark. Um, <coughs> second. And Darren's going to second that. Any further discussion? Hearing none. Excuse me. And we have a. Um, <coughs> Have a, uh, all in favor of approving that with the noted uh, uh, contingency, uh, all in favor say aye, please. Aye. aye. And opposed, or excuse me, further discussion, and uh, that passes. Um, thank you, Mark. All right, we've got one other item under new business, correct? Two, two. two more. Um, item number two here, contract Hidden Spring Park Rain Garden Revitalization and Maintenance. Prairie restorations. This was an interesting one, I thought. Um, yeah. Mark, can you kick us off on that too, please? Yeah, sure can. Um, so back in 2007 or so, um, we, uh, the city constructed Hidden Spring Park. We acquired that property and did some improvements on the site. One of those improvements was a large rain garden that we built there and um, takes runoff from uh, Lamont Drive and um, filters it. It is a Technically speaking, it's a filtration basin. It has a drain tile underneath it because our clay soils here. We don't really have a lot of infiltration basins, um, but we were um, able to build that rain garden there, and um, it, it did well for many years. And you know, um, there's sort of a lifespan on lots of these things, and um, its lifespan has kind of come up in terms of the, the vegetation establishment just isn't what it used to be. Um, most of the species growing in the rain garden at this point are weeds <laughs> and or you know non-native uh, species and not what was planted there and that that just sort of happens over time especially if um, we're not employing professional rain garden maintenance folks that know what's a weed and what's not because it's not so easy always to pick out um, you know those things and, and we don't also have folks with licenses to spray for certain you know thistle or those type of things so the idea here is to um, replant the rain garden to the original design plus a few additional thoughts from our vendor here and then employ them on an annual basis to do some professional maintenance of it um, just to make sure that we're extending that life a little bit more than we did the first time around and making sure that it looks and functions the way it should. Um, so this is a practice I, I've seen other, uh, in my former life as a consultant, I saw their clients utilize and it really worked well. I mean, the rain gardens really performed and looked um, really great. 
And I know aesthetics is one concern and functionality is another, but especially in this, where we, we're right next to where we have music in the park, uh, you know, the look and the feel of that um, is, is important, I think, to our, our overall goal for the park. So um, the Parks Committee did uh, discuss this item and recommended approval um, at their last meeting. And um, it's a little confusing on the quote, but my numbers here in the, in the request for council action are correct. Um, there is an option for some volunteers to save a few hundred bucks, and the Parks Committee is looking into whether or not they could muster up that group of volunteers, and we'll, we'll do that if they can get the volunteers, they'll, they'll take that option. So what that is is that the um, Prairie Restorations comes out and has one person help lead the group of volunteers and tells them how to plant the things, and kind of it's kind of a nice little instructional one on how to do that. So. And then, so what we're approving here is two years worth of, um, you know, a first year of planting and then a second year of maintenance. Okay. Thank you very much, Mark. Um, Terry, we'll start with you. Do you have any thoughts or comments on this one? No, I, they, were, they were pretty, um, um, when we went through it at the Park and Rec meeting, it was, they did, there were a lot of questions that were asked. It was pretty thorough and they went through and then, but it is, it is a long-term maintenance thing and it, I mean, after the two years, they talked about additional maintenance and, you know, coming out and making sure things are working the way they're supposed to and, and whatnot. So it's, um, um, and I think like Mr. Stat said, it was having somebody who knows what they're doing rather than just putting something together and then leaving it be. I think we had some of the discussions about that with our, with our parks in town and, you know, for so many years we take parkland, take parkland, take parkland, we throw a uh, plate structure in there and that's it, you know, we're done. And I think uh, keeping up with something like this, if we're going to have that rain garden, that filtration system, we need to definitely keep some sort of a maintenance program with someone who knows what they're doing. Sounds, uh, makes sense. <coughs> uh, Darren, any comments on that? Yeah. Um, of course, I was on Park and Rec when we were doing this, um, or we were talking about it anyway. Um, so that hasn't been maintained since the year. I mean, it's been maintained in the fact that we each year we mow it with a brush hog. Um, we cut it down and, and let it grow up. And, and these folks from Prairie Restoration said that you know that's a good practice as well. It's just that we haven't done specific like picking out the bad species and leaving the good ones. You know, we haven't done gone in there and done hand weeding, and that's something that they would be doing here is, oh, that's a bad plant, this is a good one, leave that one alone. Whereas our guys, you know... <laughs> right. Treat them all the same. <laughs> right. well, they, also, they also talked about a burn, too. Yeah, perhaps a, a burn, perhaps some spot spraying for various species that don't respond well or are tough to pick out, um, but can be sprayed for um, without killing other plants. So, you know, they got a, a variety of strategies to to make this work and thrive. And you know, actually what we did on the on the shoreline plantings, we did have like a, a couple year maintenance contract with the, the installer, and that area is thriving better than the rain garden because we did a couple, two, three years of like a uh, establishment period where we did actually do a burn there. I remember doing that, a uh, controlled burn along a shoreline. We did some spot spraying for thistle and stuff. So that area you know, has responded better, and I think with this maintenance program, I think the, the rain garden will do better as well. So the initial amount is to uh, get it up to snuff. Yep. And then are they updating things in there, as you said? Yeah, just like, a, you know, there, uh, there's probably 
I don't know, eight, nine species of plant that we had originally designed in there. Yep. And I think they were going to, I think they were suggesting another one or two um, additional, but they thought all the original plantings were appropriate, so. Yeah, no, that sounds good to me. All right. Thank you, Darren, and, and thank you, Terry. Those were uh, good comments. And uh, Council Member Taylor, do you have anything on this one? No, I think that it's a good plan and I would recommend moving forward. The only thing that I can add here is sort of applicable. Um, I would love to have any extra press on this um, for the public to follow through because I think that it's an opportunity for the rain gardens throughout the city for people to um, consider restoring the rain gardens that they have so that they're going to work better for the city. Sure. Since many of them are just mown grass. Yeah. And so understanding that using this as a, you know, awareness and uh, routing people to the Rice Creek Watershed grants yeah. is an opportunity that we might want to seize. Yeah, thank you for that. And I'll see if the paper can do a little write-up on it because that's near and dear to my heart because I'm the one that, at, at some point, I, I was uh, the one that decided Ruskowski's Rain Garden should be grass because um, the price tag, and I, I remember this number to the day I die, <laughs> Uh, across the giant street reconstruction we did in 2009, it was in excess of $300,000 in plantings that we nixed because we couldn't afford $300,000. And the rain gardens didn't require plantings. The watershed district only required a rain garden, which is a depression where it rain sits and infiltrates and filtrates. And so that's what we did because that was a lot of money. But to your point, um, Councilmember Taylor, uh, the Rice Creek Watershed District has some nice grant programs. Um, I believe it's called the Blue Thumb yes. um, program. They have some micro grants for you know they can get up to like 500 bucks to plant your rain garden. And so they've got some nice programs if you just each individual wants to make that choice to put some uh, plants in their rain garden. So yeah. they can even do partial plantings yeah. with a grant or do rain barrels, some yeah. type of um, PR. That'd be great. Yeah, I think that's. Fabulous idea, and, and at one time or another, I knew I, I was familiar with that blue thumb program or whatever it's called, and I have forgotten all about it, even though I have rain gardens in my yard. There's another terminology out there for it, but I'm going to stay away from that um, other term. But you mentioned it earlier today, actually, when you're talking about rice watershed district. So I was going to substitute that with rain garden, but um, all good. Thank you very much, Ray. I, I think those are great comments, and, and uh, just to piggyback on that a little bit. Um, I love the volunteer opportunity idea too, right? And it's a good way to get education and, and by contacting the, and getting the press and getting people involved. Um, junior Council Member Amy Sauber. Um, yeah, generally I really like this idea and I see a lot of stuff about kind of stuff in the middle and I'm just wondering if there's anything planned for like that shoreline area that you're talking about. Like is there anything, because I know there's all this stuff about replanting and weeding and kind of where the basin is or yeah so the area along the shoreline yeah. was a separate um, planting plan and um, was very purposeful and there's a native species in there um, somewhere in their quote and I'll have a little trouble um, at first you're getting to that uh, let's see if they have it here
thought there was some discussion about the um, shoreline area. Yeah, I seem to recall something in there too, Mark. Um, if anyone finds it before me, let me know. Yeah. My general recollection, sorry I'm not finding the specific language, was that those areas were, um, again, better established and so there wasn't quite, the, there wasn't the need to re scrape and replant and start from scratch, but that there was some programmed um, spot spraying of, for thistle and a couple of those things um, programmed into the whole program, the, the whole idea here. Um, did you, what was your specific question? I was just curious if, because like you said, we can't really find specifics on it. I was just curious if they were doing stuff over in that area too. Yeah, um, that's a great question. I wish I really had a solid answer for you here. Um, While well, you're trying to find that, can I ask a quick question? Sure. Okay, I'm looking at the bottom of this thing, bottom line guy here, eleven thousand eighty-four fifty. Yeah, and. Uh, it's not really matching up it's on the front of the page that they're requesting. You're right, and so let me explain that. Um, there are two options in the quote. One is for them to do all the work, and one is for us to do the volunteer option. And their quote form must just total everything, and so it totaled option one and okay. option two, and of course you only choose one of the two. And so that's why my number here is correct, this um, 7,700. Okay. For the first year and fourteen twenty-five the next year. But when you're talking about um, one person coming out telling our volunteers what to do, if one person's telling one person what to do, that's not going to work. If there's only one volunteer. That's right. We this. need a volunteer team. Like How many people do they bring out? I, for I, the, I think they wanted a, about a half dozen at least. Yeah, volunteers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But then how many, you said they only bring out one person to teach these yep, people. Yep. What do they do if we don't go the volunteer program? Then they bring out two, three people that know what they're two doing. Two or three and, people, yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. Anything else on that one? Avery, how you doing over there? You got, we're good on that? Yep. All right. Thank you very much. Um, anyone else have any comments on this before I throw my two cents worth in? Um, I had a couple of things on here, Mark, and one was how much does public works get involved? I mean, have we been having somebody maintain these at all over the last three, four, five, six years? Or yeah, whatever? mostly it's been that, that fall mowing. Um, you know, I think we've, we've probably pulled a few, like, things that look obviously like tree, you know, trees that are growing out of there, and we do have a fair amount of, like, um, trees. I, I, don't, I can't remember what species they are, but... There's some buckthorn, but um, there's other trees that are in there. And so, um, you know, when there's obvious stuff like that, we'll, we'll try to do that. Um, but, boy, you know, all I had to do was walk around with this lady from Prairie Restorations for 10 minutes and go, oh, yeah, this is the person we want. <laughs> because she's like, oh, there's some Joe Pye this, and there's some blue stem that, and, you know, and she's picking out things that look the same, exact same to me. And, you know, you can see where, without a lot of training, our guys just aren't going to be able to do that. And, that's where we probably... So, and prior to this, it was our people. We yes. never had a company come no. out and do this before. No. And RJ, property um, 
management, they just do our mowing, correct? They do, and you know, they, they dabble in this, um, and I don't want to disparage them, I think they, they would do a fine job, but, but Prairie Restorations is really the gold standard in this this industry. They, they really know what they're doing, and um, you know, their price was good too, so I mean, um, yeah, I, I've, they're, they're, they're well known in the industry as people that are expert at this. Yeah, and I guess what kind of caught me off guard a little bit, or surprised, is the price difference between the two. And I don't know if they submitted anything more than that letter or that memo, yeah, but that was pretty, pretty uh, not a lot of detail in their right. in their quote. But um, they do a good job mowing the grass for us, so um, that takes care of that. I I did again. I like the volunteer idea, um, you know. And as Ray pointed out too, it's a great way for people to get educated and learn what to look for, what to do. Um, learn about the grant programs that are out there. The other thing I like about the whole volunteer idea, and we talk about this every now and then, and that is, you know, when you go out and help and you invest into your community with your time, it helps people take ownership and I think pride in your community too. So right, you're out there listening to music in the park and you look at how beautiful that park looks and you can say, hey, Avery was out there helping doing something with that, right? So it, you take ownership in your city. So I like that idea. Um, then, uh, okay, we got that one. Uh, one more, I think I had, yeah, I, that's really about it. Although I, I was reading through some of their details and what they're going to do, and I thought those details were great, and, and uh, this one that caught my eye, right? You're, they're going to do a project area with 20% big blue stem, 20% side oats grandma, and 5% Canada wild rice. How can you go wrong with that is what I had to say to myself. I got hungry. It's like you're good enough to eat for crying out loud. So, love that. All right. Mr. Akimir, I found the reference to um, the shoreline. And it's in um, one of the emails that just says areas along the lake are in good condition. And would only need service seeding and erosion control. And they had a bit of 25-25. Page are you on there? I am on. It's a. It's a, an email from. I'm actually. I'm, I'm looking. I'm, I'm looking in the uh, park and rec. Packet, gotcha. and it's it's, it's a from. Gotcha. It's a Teresa. It's uh, Paul Palzer. It was dated um, Tuesday, October twenty fourth, twenty twenty three. Yeah. Um, got um, to Mark Stas CC to uh, Teresa Bender Prairie Restoration. It just it says categories important. Um, <clears throat> Okay, yeah, thank you for that clarification. I, I knew, I thought I had read it somewhere too, and, and uh, that's where it was. So I was looking in the wrong place, but thank you for finding that. All right, any further discussion on that? And if not, could we get a motion to accept the recommendations um, as presented by Parks and Rec? Russell, one last uh, thing, please, if I may. Sure. So uh, reading that, is it an additional 25 to do the shoreline? Um, that's a great question. Let me just quick. And if they're out there, maybe they can knock a little bit of it off and do it all at once. Maybe I don't know. I had this in my head all figured out at one point in time. <laughs> well, I, I, well, because if they came out of, on on a second trip, I think it would cost more. But maybe they bid it separately. I don't know. Maybe it's a different part of their. Well, I would think if they're going to do like a, some sort of a controlled burn, and then that's it's probably or weeding or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I would think they would do it all at the same time. I would think so too, but 
it just makes fiscal sense. So, so Darren, if I'm understanding your question, you're wondering if 22 or 25-25 is additional uh, Correct. expense. Correct. So I, I think, but we're not going to be approving for that, right, Mark? Um, we're going to approve for what's been presented, but if they needed to do additional seating for erosion control, we'd have to kick in maybe another 2500 bucks in my Yeah, I think that's... Uh, I, let me find that again. I thought it was... Because uh, I don't think that is Here we go. in their quote. Number eight right there. Yeah, so it's it's number eight is part of that 2525, I think. And then um, in 2024... So there's a there's a line item in there then for that. It yeah, says sixteen hundred so. bucks though. That's just for this year, and then they would come out again oh. in the, the following year, because what it's right. Pretty complex for me. <laughs> <laughs> One year at a time. That's uh, a fair question too, Darren. I, I, I uh, well, do you think we could make the motion and then put it in there to spend a or give them the flexibility to have an extra 2600 for erosion control if needed? No, I think that's part of it's right here. Is it? it says service erosion control following seeding cover area with natural netting erosion control blanket um, 800 yards total. But like Mark said, for two applications at 800 bucks a piece. But like Mark said, you know, that's part of the $11,000 bin, not the 7700 because uh, they put all options in there. Yeah, so the 11,000 number is not, it doesn't mean anything, right? But the 20, what is it, the 20, 2200 something? 25, 25. 25, 25. Yeah, that is included here. I, I believe that's item number um, 15 and 8. So if you look at number 8. So those two together? Yeah, it's that erosion control, right? 50 and 16. Um, it's as close. And then 15 is the two to three visits on established area. The established area is the, um, the shoreline, I believe. So, so then our total is 11,000? Nope. <laughs> the 11,000 is because they added option one and option two together. And these are just item eight and item 15 are just part of the overall quote. So, oh, so you subtracted number one and number... I've subtracted number option two because we're not doing the the worst case scenario is that we don't have volunteers, right? So, um, so if you take eleven thousand oh eighty four minus um, twenty six seventy five. 8405 or 8409 and um, I think if you look at my notes here maybe 2675 is number nine on the on the yeah proposal yeah there I'm catching up to you guys now then you get 7770 plus 1425 is 9195 so the total cost is um, the 
91.95. Is that for both years or just the one? It's for two. That's what the, the, the volunteers helping. Right. It says, it's in the email it says 9300, but I think that either includes tax, which it, which it shouldn't have, or I don't know what, for what reason that's that number is there, but. I would almost say we'd have to go without the volunteer thing, because I imagine this is probably done during the weekdays, and maybe. Uh, they'll come out in a, for an evening or whatever. They, they'll, they'll be very flexible. They do this a lot with, with okay. volunteers. It's very common for them to do it with volunteers. Okay. So, right. um, Mr. Acting Mayor, sorry for all the confusion here. Sorry. Right. If you want to, I think what I'm hearing from the committee is that everybody's on board with the maximum here. Yeah. If you wanted to just approve a contract up to $9,300, which is what's in that email, that's the largest number I've seen here out of all this confusion, and um, allow staff to, you know, um, well, I think part just for clarity, what we got in the agenda is 91.95. Yeah. I think we just roll with that, and if we can adjust could. it later, I think we can come back to it. Yep, you certainly could. Um, so let's do that. I, I think, um, and then there is that option for saving the 785, and if I'm reading that right, Mark, that 785 would come out of that 91.95? Correct. Correct. Yeah, I think we should just roll with that, what we got here tonight. And so the 9195 does not include the volunteer rate. Correct. That's okay. That's the worst case. for volunteers. Yep. All right, so that being said, good discussion. Um, it's certainly making sure we understand it and where we're spending our money is a good thing. So can we get a motion to accept this recommendation um, as Park and Rec's committee uh, recommended authorizing staff to enter in a contract with Prairie Restoration as presented in the amount not to exceed $9,195 with an option for saving $785 providing volunteers. So moved. So we got a motion and a second, please. Second. We got a motion and a second. Any further discussion? All in favor say aye. 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 And that passes. Thank you all very much. Good discussion. All right. Um, our last item under new business is going to be scheduling a town hall um, exchange of information, is what I would call it, um, for the Lalonde property. Yeah, and Mr. Acting Mayor, I think um, the idea, if I recall too, was to incorporate more things, more discussion points than just the Lalonde property, but to have some more, some broader discussions on um, tax increment financing, on um, redevelopment in general, sort of the, the 5,000 population build um, zoning issues, and uh, just various, you know, broader topics that the council is interested in. And so Athanasi and I have been kind of batting around some ideas on on um, how to do that, and we'd like to have an open house style meeting where we have a couple of tables set up with different topics. Um, you know, over here is the Lalonde project, over here is um, maybe some information about our list of unfunded projects. What, you know, as a citizen, which ones would you think might be a priority or those type of things. So we, we've got some ideas on some different topics and we would, thought we would just have maybe two or three stations in this room, one in the other, the front part of the other room here adjacent. We'll open up the doors and let people know between and um, thought we could probably hold it here uh, if we did like a two or three hour um, window, you know, maybe they're five to seven, six to eight, or five to eight, whatever you guys want to do, 
and let people kind of come and go as they please and have those one-on-one -on -one conversations that I think would be valuable. So um, we've got two dates picked out. Um, I think we all agree that not a Saturday. Um, so we picked out a Monday night and a Thursday night, March 11th and the 14th. And those work for the developer to be here as well, the Lalan developers. So um, if either of those dates work for folks, um, we'd like to get that scheduled. All right. Um, Mondays usually aren't good for me, but I can maybe find a sub for bowling. Yeah, I, I think um, I like the idea of a, of a Monday. I don't know why, but um, but yeah, I'm open. I'll try to start. I'm going to pose it. These to me are very 14th, important. Um, so uh, this, inner, you know, it's one of our city goals, right? Community building, and, and that's what this stuff is all about. And I will say this, at our last planning and zoning meeting, there were three, four residents um, that came uh, to share their one of them at least shared their thoughts on what they thought about um, an apartment in their backyard like that. So, and in fact, we got a, a an application for a planning and zoning. Two. Planning zoning. Uh, uh, oh, we got two open seats on P and Z, and we got two applications that night. Um, so um, that's the great thing about having these community discussions, right? All right, so I, I'm okay with either of those dates. Uh, Terry, you you got your thoughts on it? Um, you could make it work if you had to on Monday. Yeah, I could make it work. I mean, so it's Monday the eleventh or Thursday the fourteenth. Um, fourteenth. Uh, Darren, what are, you, what are your thoughts? Uh, Monday would be better for me, but I mean, I can make Thursday work if I need to. Okay, Council Member Taylor. Um, I'm ninety-nine percent sure I will be gone on the fourteenth. I'm currently scheduled out of state on the 14th, so I am available on the 11th. Alrighty, and we don't have our mayor on hand to comment on that. Um, Mark, did you have any, are you going to feedback from Mayor Love? I, I did, he, he said he could make either one. Okay, junior council member would be very important to have you there. Um, yeah, Monday's better for me. I also just think generally Monday like is a better day because I feel like Thursdays are like, I don't want to go to Town hall. I want it to be Friday. But <laughs> I want it to be Friday. Gotta love honesty. Just, yeah. Yeah. just yeah. generally, like, it's Thursdays already Monday, Friday. you already have to get up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I agree. It seems like Mondays are always just kind of a, kind of like a, get it done. Going get it on. Done. You're just yeah. gearing up for the week, right? So you got through the work day. And um, yeah, I, I would agree with that. Monday the 11th. And I think, Mark, are we going to put, um, like, like you mentioned, um, topics or agendas or how many, so we, maybe have a TIF and maybe have not just the Lalonde property, but um, what do you think of business development? Or we talked about our population 5,000, kind of implement what we talked about on Saturday. Do we, topics are, there's there's a myriad of topics we can include. Yeah, and I, I think there's, you know, that's the balance is, you know, can't do 20 topics, but how many is right? I, I think just with this space, four seem to, like appropriate, you know, I thought we could probably put table here, table there, and then one along the dais, and then one in that other room I thought would be appropriate. And, um, would, would it be appropriate to have, conduct some kind of a survey as well? Could we have something written up where they can, they don't have to sign their name, but yep. write up, have a, maybe about five questions that we feel are important. Council can come up and work with staff and we can all give our input. Um, 
this is what's great about having a junior council member as well, get the input from kind of the younger generation, if you will, right? That's great to have. So, and I think if we could get people who want to come in and want to have this conversation and, um, and have them fill out a survey of some kind, I think would be helpful <coughs> for our decision making. Um, so, all right. I think once we have that, um, maybe the next meeting we come up with a list of proper topics. Or you know, lines, whatever you Our next meeting's up. on the 28th. Um, yeah, okay. we're going to hope to have those pretty well fleshed out by before then. Before then. But um, I, I've told you what essentially they're going to be. I mean, it's Lalonde, okay. TIFF. Um, I think there'll be a combination of sort of unfunded projects and um, especially the, nobody cares about when we're going to buy a truck or something, but the park CIP, right, about playgrounds and stuff like that, right? Um, so it'll be kind of a combination of let's talk about big projects in town. Do you want a community center? Do you want to redo the playgrounds? Do you want to do a hockey rink? Do you, those type of things, right? So we'll do sort of a big projects one. Um, and then um, I said that we'd have four. Long. Oh, and then the population 5,000. We'll, we'll essentially take that option 2B make a big board of that and kind of just talk about the trade-offs of densities and how, you know, kind of what we talked about at the, at the um, Saturday, yeah. right? Uh, those, yeah. those four seem like the big, those seem like the biggest topics going yeah. on right now. I mean, we thought about a public safety one and, you know, just kind of a general survey. How do you like your public safety? You know, it is half our budget. We could certainly, I think, I think what actually will happen is that the big projects table will end up being sort of a survey table. We're going to try to encourage people to sign up for Polco, which is this uh, survey software that we've got. And um, from there, there's lots of places you can go, right? And so I'd almost call it like a community engagement table yeah. to start asking folks yeah. the broader questions, right? Because, you know, it's just so often we hear this small town feel. We heard it at the planning and zoning meeting. Yeah. Um, and to me, I don't know how you incorporate all of it. Do you, if you're going to get to 5,000 or whatever you're going to be, <coughs> whatever you want your city to be, how important is that small town feel, right? And do you have to lose it? I don't know that you have to, but that I, that's just the feedback um, that I think we're kind of looking for. Um, and I had a nice conversation with three, four of these folks after the meeting to hear their thoughts after that planning and zoning meeting. So it was interesting to hear what they had to say. Um... Next, okay. What what are the times that we were looking at? Yeah, I guess I <clears throat> yeah. take input um, six to eight or five to seven or three to five, five is five is tough. I'd rather do like six to nine or something like that. Yeah, yeah, what six six to eight thirty? Six to eight thirty. Yeah, it's not unusual for us to be here until eight thirty. Well, no, I think that it, when we were talking about it, I know I I had suggested, but I don't remember the conversation around it of having it open as early as five because some people would want to swing by after work and some people want to go home first. So if it's swing in, swing out, then I would venture to say early, which also would still give us the opportunity to have some flexibility amongst ourselves of who's here at what time. Yeah. Because um, if we want all of us here, then we would want to consider something later. But if we want it to be more open, then if we have some more time inclusivity, I think that would be beneficial. So like a five to 7.30 window, I don't know that we would want to push it out. Five to eight is fine. I mean, a staff is, you know, yeah. once you're here past six, it doesn't really matter. 
Yeah, I, I think five to eight, I think, would be good. And, and um, yeah, with no pressure to for any one person to be here right. at five, or you know what I mean? Kind of cycle in and out a little yeah. bit. But I think it's important to have um, at least two council members here at any given time, right? Yeah. I mean, I can certainly be here by five, and um, because I think that's the key, is for them to engage with the people who are going to make these decisions. and. Um, these are the people I work for, I have, I have, as, as I said many, many times. Okay, so let's go with um, Monday the 11th, 5 to 8, and um, I think we should do that. Could I get a motion to uh, have uh, set up the time and date for our open house or exchange of information with our residents on Monday the 11th, 5 p.m. to 8 p.m.? So moved. We've got a motion by Councilmember Sweeney. Do we have second. a second? Second by Councilmember Taylor. Any further discussion? All in favor, say aye. 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 And we have our uh, open house set. Thank you, Mark. You bet. All right, we're going to move right along into the last fun part of the evening, the um, Councilmember Reports, Administrator Report. Um, you know what, uh, Mark, can we, you had some good stuff in there. Can we bring you up at the end there? Absolutely. Maybe down to uh, number three, two, actually. But, all right, uh, Council Member Taylor, do you have anything to share with us tonight? Miss um, Warren, two new members for EDA. Oh, not new members, I guess. Newly appointed. Uh, myself and um, I think it's in Chris your report. Swenson, Chris Swenson, yeah. yeah. She was a returning member, but yeah, she yeah, heard but the it'll term. Be, it's in the report, up, yeah. not that you named. Yeah, so Chris and I, um, police governing board, um, was not overly eventful, <laughs> but it was good. So um, Dee uh, took over as uh, the chair of that and um, finalized some contract things. I was um, engaged and got a tour of the facility. Um, was a wonderful conversation with the chief. So that's all we got. Uh, Thank you, Councilmember Taylor. Are you, were you a substitute on the police governing board? Or are yes. You? Okay. Thank you. Um, next up, I guess, you know what? I'm going to skip me if we don't mind, and I'll go last on that. Um, Councilmember Sweeney? Um, well, we voted on the, uh, um, the Park and Rec voted on the um, Cleopatra. <laughs> name of the snowplow um, that was the uh, runaway favorite actually there were some other ones there that were you know that were looked at and that were kind of laughed about there was there was quite a bit of creativity on that it was it was really kind of kind of cool um, obviously we also talked about the um, um, rain garden and stuff on it hidden spring parks and about that there was quite a lengthy discussion and presentation on that um, there was some talk about the retreat and things of that nature and about um, uh, things that were brought up like a, a community center and park maintenance and you know how should we do the parks because I know they were talking a little bit about um, where should they where should they be spending their funds and what should they be doing and, and ADA came up um, and was there was a quite a lengthy discussion about parks being ADA accessible and we had a couple of uh, um, young ladies here that with children that talked about how the, the 
some of the disrepair in the parks and the and, and whatnot. And just as a side note to that, I happen to be um, looking up some pricing for um, somebody for a job the last couple of days, and we have a new uh, rubber paver that comes out of New York that they use for playgrounds. So rather than that was one of the things that they talked about in one of the pictures that they showed is they got all this rubber mulch out there, you know, and you got to have certain things for impact resistance and, you know, for safety and stuff like that. And it, it seems like, you know, the mulch looks looks nice until the kids start digging in it and they start throwing it around and it starts getting kicked around and yeah. stuff like that. And I was looking at some of the pictures of these inner interlocking glueable pavers. They can also be anchored down, so if you put some sort of a... Um, concrete or asphalt substrate underneath you can actually anchor these pavers down to that so they can't be stolen they can't be moved and they have an impact rating and stuff to them so I was looking at them going well this would be really cool you know they even have turf pavers that look like grass hmm. so it, it was it, it's a it's a really unique thing uh, that we would sell for rooftops but as I was looking through the brochures to try and find a brochure for a customer, all this came up and I'm like, oh, so instead of me giving him his information right away, I went to the city council thing and said, oh, look at this. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that that was that was a pretty good discussion. And I also had mentioned during during that meeting that um, the, the, the Lions Club, the Centerville Lions Club, would like to work with the city or park and rec or whatever we do we do have some funds that we can expend um, and lots of people with skills that will volunteer time to help with things in the parks and around the city so they told me and then also we did talk about uh the locks a little bit and they have a logo contest for the FET and they wanted to make sure that the lions would use it if they're going to go through all the time and expense and whatnot to have people come up with the logo, and I said, I was pretty sure that the Lions would use that. I said, I can't speak for the club, but I'm pretty sure if you're going to go through that, and we've done that the last few years, I don't see why we would change it. Yeah. So I I haven't heard about the the Fentalocks meeting. We have our today's Wednesday. Yeah, we have our uh, Lions meeting tomorrow. So, sounds like you guys had a busy park and rec meeting. Yeah, it actually it, and it actually went fairly quickly too. Yeah. Wow, good. So that's good. Um, um, one question, if I may, uh, Terry, is that email we I presume we all received here a couple of weeks ago about the condition of some of the park uh, was that talked about? That was the the, the the young lady that was here. Yeah. No. The young lady that showed up to uh, the park and rec meeting was the one who had taken the pictures and who had sent the email. And her and her friend, they two of them got up and talked to park and rec about that. And they, that's what, what they had brought up. They brought up the condition of the parks and the ADA accessibility. And then, so like when I was looking through this product that we have, you, you use these instead of using the mulch and stuff, it yeah. automatically becomes ADA accessible. You know, I mean, they have, they have, you, you set these pavers down, they have ramps and stuff that will make it so that you can get up into the park, into the, the play structure areas. 
Okay. And like I said, the, 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 the pavers that they have for play structure areas are, they have the impact rating, all that did, stuff. Did we get that email before the Parks and Rec meeting or did yes, that email yes. come after? Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. That sounds good. Thank you very much. I, and, and my apologies to the resident that sent the email too. I have not responded to it yet because there was, I felt we had to have a discussion here before. Yeah, uh, we, we were able to address the, the concerns at the parks meeting, and um, in fact, uh, the young lady has submitted an application to be on the parks committee, so that's always a good thing, too. There so, we go. Uh, magically, over the last week, we've uh, got three applications for three open spots on our committees, and we might finally have full committees again for the first time in a while, so I'm very happy about that. And um, Yeah, the both uh, gals that were here were very respectful and um, had great comments and mm -hmm. understood our explanation for some of the things, you know. Um, some of the things that they brought up you know, had real explanations as to why they were the way they were. So that's how we get things done, right? Yep. Uh, thank uh, Councilmember uh, Sweeney. Any other topics you wanted to share or cover there? Um, um, steering, we had nothing, right? Yeah, so, I mean, well, like I said, there was lengthy conversations about the park and yeah. uh, about the, um, the hockey rink, the uh, warming house. Um, All the usual. I mean, well, <laughs> I think that it's it's. It felt to me like, um, I mean, I know these, these conversations have been, you know, ongoing for stuff, but when you have residents come in and they bring pictures of the hockey rink where the boards are rotting and falling apart, and I mean, we, we use that hockey rink for a dance in the, yep. the fall for yep. Fet the Locks, yep. and the warming house building where it's starting to really look run down okay. and, and whatnot, it's, yeah, there's there's some, there's, and one of, one of the things that was brought up was, was with Lamont Park, when that park was originally um, put in place, the very initial design was to have four ball fields up at the top, but they went with three ball fields and then wanted to have a soccer field in an area for playing um, football and the pleasure rink and stuff. And I don't think, um, and, and I mentioned this uh, at the Park and Rec meeting, I don't think a lot of residents understand that that building was the concession building because you walked out from underneath that little canopy area or the little picnic area and you took about six steps and you were at the ball field originally in that park before the park was redone. So when they started talking about the building and people are confused why that building is there the way it is, that's because the park was not that big originally. So um, there's some of that that was, people were, surprised and again the hockey rink wasn't originally there either the hockey rink was block seven and that's where the hockey oh, rink yeah, was yeah. and they moved it from there to Lamont yeah. Park and then that building started getting a little more usage of what it would have gotten in the past but again yeah. you know things are starting to <clears throat> age they've been I mean that building was there before I moved here and that was Long time ago. Yeah, parks are expensive, right? And I yes. think that's a good lesson. All right, thank you very much, uh, Terry. Appreciate that. Um, Darren, I want to let you go next. Well, <clears throat> thanks to Ray Taylor that covered my um, police governing board. That was, uh, I look back and I think that was the second meeting I missed since 06. So <laughs> thank you for covering for me. I was ill. So I have nothing. Okay. Thank you, Councilmember Mosier, much appreciated. 
Uh, Mayor Love is on here, but I don't see him. So unless we have anybody who's got comments, Mark on North Metro or um, Ray shared a police governing board with us and other mayor reports, which I do not have. Junior council member, Sauber, what you got? Not a whole lot. I'm pretty dull last couple of weeks at the high school, but I could say we have Friday off. School of Presidents yeah. weekend and Centennial Girls Hockey has the section sem or section finals game on that day too. So wow. we're probably going to state. That is coming so. up already, huh? Oh, that's crazy. All right. Um, thank you very much. Um, anybody else got any before I jump in? And I'll try to make this quick, but. All right, um, my notes are right here. That's what I want. On um, So my topics here are going to be, we did not have a uh, fire steering committee meeting since our last council meeting. We did have a planning and zoning commission meeting. Um, there were a number of uh, things talked about. I didn't think it was going to be a very busy meeting, but it ended up being a kind of a busy meeting. So we uh, the max storage, um, that's up and running. They got their occupancy um, and uh, approved so they do have some interested tenants I think uh, three or four and so that is good I think one of them was a bulk water supply company they'll come out and fill Darren's pond or whatever pool or whatever he's got and cool. um, cool. yeah, yeah something like that and and so which is great and then there was an auto detailing place which I think is great because I think I would be more than happy to patronize them there's a couple others in there, Mark. I don't quite, um, my memory kind of collapsed on me there. But so that was really good. They're getting things up and running and moving. Um, we had some public input at that meeting on the Lalonde property. Um, Chairperson Kruger um, allowed uh, some folks to speak on that, even though it really wasn't on the agenda. Um, so we had some comments made on that, and they were pretty much, um, they were folks who live. In the neighborhood and who would be right kind of behind um, that development if it were to go through on that Lalonde property so they weren't necessarily in favor of it so that is I think all I have right fire steering planning and zoning so it was a good planning and zoning meeting we have a good group yeah the good news is um, we got the uh, <coughs> excuse me the uh, couple of applicants and new members on that board Mark, let's go through yours, because you had some good stuff in there, and I want to save the good stuff for last year. Sure, and I'll um, just uh, go through a couple quick notes from Athanasia. I, I, I told Athanasia and, and um, Kurt that they could both stay home, since it was a pretty light agenda, but Athanasia asked me to share this, just some um, notes she had from the Hugo Business Association's um, State of the City breakfast over in Hugo. It's uh, always nice to kind of just check in on our neighbors and see what they're doing. Not that we have to keep up with the Joneses, but you know, it's always good to know what your neighbors are doing. Um, so just uh, some quick notes on, on what's going on in Hugo. Uh, we found it kind of interesting. They've been, since they put their new community center in, and you know we're talking about some of those same things, and we actually just spoke with a, a hotel developer recently that um, we were chatting about and kind of put the word in that, you know, we'd like some meeting space if we can. Um, Hugo's uh, various things that they have to rent, including the, the new Peterson um, Park there, uh, the pavilion, um, they had a total of 1,280 rentals of their spaces uh, last year. And so that, that's kind of um, goes to show you that the need for community space in our, our larger community, right? And so um, that we found kind of interesting. 
Um, also, just as just to get a scale of what the growth in Hugo has been, and it, you might say, why is this important to Centerville? Well, you know, some of the comments we've received on the Lalonde property talk about the increase in traffic on Main Street, and um, as I've been explaining to a lot of people, what we're doing has little to do with the amount of traffic on Main Street. It has a lot more to do with what's going on in Hugo and Lionel Lakes. Hugo, um, in the last four years, has um, been averaging around 200 or so homes each year built. And so, um, you know, for the last four years, uh, la 2020 was 168 single-family and 81 multifamily. 2021 was 189 single-family and 60 multifamily. You get the idea that, you know, there are upwards of 200 homes a year um, being built over there. And that's just Hugo. Of course, Lano Lakes, in our, on our side of the freeway, has built 450 homes in Lennar's development in just the past, what, four years? 250 homes in North Point in the last four years. So you get get that, you add all those things up, and that's where our tra traffic on Main Street's coming from. Yes, we've added a few homes here, you know, baby billows, old mill estates, Amazon things, right? But uh, the majority of traffic on Main Street is really passing through, um, whether it's from going west to east or east to west. So um, some other quick things, um, you know, they do have that, the uh, Excel Energy Training Center that's um, being renovated to expand their facility there. Um, it's going to be kind of a regional hub for their training. So that's a, a nice thing. Another thing that we're, again, why is it important to Centerville? Because when we're talking to a hotel developer, they want to know what kind of industry do you have in need? Why would people come here and need to stay in a hotel? Well, people from around the region that might be coming to train at the training center here would be to stay overnight. Um, so some of those things are very important to us as um, a neighboring city. Um, they're working on the Highway 61 visioning study. Um, so obviously Highway 61 runs north-south through Hugo there, and um, they've been developing much like we're doing with 20th Avenue. They're doing a, a visioning study along 61 as to how that will look in the future. Um, you might have seen in the paper that the Egg Lake development project was kind of dead. The DNR and the, uh, the developer could not come to terms um, on some of the restrictions that the DNR had. Um, I think that sounds like from this presentation that, that that the city and the developer and the DNR are back at the table trying to renegotiate some of the terms there and see if they can't come to an agreement to, to make that project move forward. So um, they are launching a new website, um, so maybe they're keeping up with us. The right, right, right. Yeah. Um, and then just kind of taking a, a pretty aggressive um, approach with a lot of their facilities. Obviously, when, when you're growing at this rate, you know, their public works building, they just finished uh, expansion there. Um, so they're looking at all their public facilities and wondering, you know, what the future of those is. So lots to come on that. Um, otherwise, yeah, those are kind of the highlights. So, Did they share what, like, we're talking about a goal of population 5,000 at some point, some year. Did they share any of what their population goal was or is? Or you know, um, their current population with the last uh, Met Council uh, estimate um, Last, the last one was 2022 at 16,354. They estimate the population now just over 17,000. I don't know what their full build-out is, and, and even when you're a, a town that size, you typically don't even get to that. You, you're talking about the 2040 <coughs> plan. So I don't know what their build-out range would be, but you know, if you're adding, they say, you know, even some notes here say 350 homes a year, you know, you're, you're talking 1,000 people a year. So do the math, 17,000 now. 
five years from now, 20 some thousand, you know I mean? Because they have a lot of land to go. Yeah, they, lot, <laughs> they absolutely do. I, I read in the paper today as well, I don't know if anyone saw that, that Del Webb is looking at a development in Lionel Lakes. And if you don't know who Del Webb is, that's um, essentially all of Phoenix <laughs> is Del Webb. So at 55 plus, um, they specialize in 55 plus developments. Um, look like the one in Lionel Lakes, you know, might be in the neighborhood of 500 homes or so. So not the size of Phoenix, but um, certainly a, a sizable development. So, yeah, the area around us is important to us, and you know, it's one of those things where, um, when when sometimes we say I'm at a conference or I'm at a, um, just the other day I was at a very important meeting about um, water in the region, and um, you know, problems and problems and good things are coming to us. Um, from the growth around us, right? So we need to be paying attention to our neighbors and, and to regional issues. We can't just put our blinders on and hope that Centerville does okay because things are coming at us one way or another, right? And, um, so we're paying attention to that, and uh, we thought we would share those uh, notes from Hugo. Interesting. All right. With that, I'll quickly run through my um, administrator's report here and just let you know about a few things. Um, this is a pretty cool thing here. The Historical Society is going to be doing cemetery tours again, and um, they ramp up that research uh, early in the year. And um, so if folks want to get in touch with them and help share some stories, they would much appreciate that. So I've um, got some information here on how to get a hold of the uh, Historical Society and what kind of things they'd be looking for. So some of you old-timers that have been around the block for a while, <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, I haven't been that far. <laughs> off the block. I, uh, you know, you've been around a while and, and know some of the folks that have been here. You know, 30, 40, 50 years. Um, they want to talk to you and have uh, get some of those interesting stories. So, uh, it's a great way to highlight Centerville and its history. Um, Centerville cares this this week is uh, National Cancer Prevention Month. Uh, so there's some information about that. Um, recently, I attended the Centennial School District legis Legislative Breakfast. Uh, a nice opportunity to meet with um, Representative uh, Engen and uh, um, Senator Gustafson and others that are, represent our area and had some nice one-on-one -on -one conversations with them. It's always good to uh, see that, you know, we got a good group of legislators. Um, it's nice to have one from each party, uh, don't, won't lie, that's a nice little perk because you can kind of work both sides of the aisle there <laughs> um, depending on the issue, but um, they're, they're all, they've all got their head in the right place and are doing the good things uh, for our communities. So. Uh, if you didn't notice on your way in, um, we've been trying to just do little updates. You know, we did the big remodel, but um, we still got some a few little things. Put finally got rid of the 1990 era uh, bulletin board out front. Actually, rumor had it that that came from the original Public Works building or City Hall that was on Block <laughs> Seven at one point in time. So, <laughs> so a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, right. We salvaged some things, so that was at least 30 years old, if not older. Antique. And, uh, got rid of that heater out there. That was a little bit of a it, did, it worked great, it made great heat, but it did not have a thermostat, so it would just kick out the heat. <laughs> so it was an interesting thing there. So we did just a little updates, and you know we had that rickety old table there for magazines and stuff, and we've got a nice rack on the wall now. So just little things like that. We're painting the bathrooms, if you didn't uh, notice either. So just little updates we're going to be trying to make to raise the bar a little bit. Um, Parks and Rec. Uh, completed their name of snowplow contest, as people mentioned, Cleopatra is the winner. <laughs> so we'll have a nice little photo op with, with that, and we're going to get a little nameplate for the, the snowplow, and then next year we'll name the second snowplow, and then we'll kind of have a two-year rotation, I think, is the way we're thinking about it, so that 
a new name would be for the. It'd be basically, have a two rear run on your on your name. Yeah, that was a great that was a great one too. Yeah, Economic Development Authority, um, as uh, Councilmember Taylor mentioned earlier, she was sworn in as an EDA member, and then uh, Chris Swenson was uh, re-sworn in. Um, the EDA has staggered terms of office that run six years each. Uh, for the non-council member members, and uh, Chris was re-upped for another six years, so thanks to her. Just put this little note in here um, from a, a Centerville resident who's going to remain anonymous there, and, um, but just kind of neat stuff that we get in the mail once in a while. We really appreciate it that the guys uh, down at Public Works really like the, the, the notes that we get from time to time about folks that are appreciative of the things we do. Uh, believe it or not, we did have uh, ice on the rink for a skate night a while back. Uh, we had to cancel the second skate night, but we did um, use our tool cat as a little Zamboni. We got the guys rigged up a nice little um, carpet dragger with a, and a water tank on the back that worked pretty well as a Zamboni. So we got some, we had some very nice ice for just a little while. Uh, due, so, due to some anonymous comments um, about our entrance signs, there was some actions taken and just wanted to kind of throw that in there. Um, so. Hopefully those are to the anonymous commenters liking, and um, got those jazzed up. The, the county highway department was super nice. They were out within, I don't know, two days after we called them, straightened them out, and raised up those um, ancillary signs, the Lions Club and the Yellow Ribbon signs and that kind of stuff. We do have actually a couple new Yellow Ribbon signs on the order because what, what happened is those signs are so low they got hit by the snow as the plow came by and they got bent up a little bit, and so yeah. we're going to get some new ones. Did they wash them? Um, so, some in some cases they just put a new sign up, huh? and so uh, I, I, I still. Um, I think the Lions just put the new, those new signs up here just a couple. They, years they ago. could, yeah, they could have. Yep, those should be fair. The Centerville sign itself, um, one of the ones I think it's this one right here uh, has. When you look at it at night, it does appear dirty because it, it looks that some of the reflectivity has been has been worn off, and so. Um, if they didn't replace that one, they will be soon. So, The corridor study is moving along. Please stay tuned for um, those dates to have an open house for that. That will um, be coming soon and will be very impactful and I want people's input on that for sure. <coughs> this is the um, Northeast Metro Water Supply Planning Workshop that I attended the other day. They're a very, very important group. Um, the Met Council has um, convened these groups um, I'm glad they're doing it in a regional basis, but they were given direction from the legislature to do some of this water supply planning, and it's it's not a realm that they've been in before, so this is new to them, and um, to be honest, I'm, I was weary and still am a little weary of them putting their nose into this area, but it's not their choice. It was the legislature that told them they should, and um, you know we have a lot of issues here. We have people whose water is just fine, thank you, like us that would rather just remain independent water supply suppliers and not have Met Council telling us how to do that or have anyone tell us how to do that other than the existing regulators, in, namely the DNR and the Department of Health. Um, but there are others that need to have a regional solution, right? White Bear Lake area people, um, including everyone that's named in that lawsuit. Um, you've got PFAS contaminated wells, um, other water quality type issues. Um, Manganese is a, uh, an area of concern right now. Again, our manganese levels are just fine out in our system. Um, but there are regional problems that are, um, again, 
probably going to be our problem at some point in time. And so we need to be at the table to make sure that we're not unreasonably restricted or burdened by those issues. Uh, we want to be good partners with our neighbors and, and help out where we can, but we also want to protect our interests as well. And so I felt like it was important for me to attend that um, meeting and, and have a voice there. Um, I, I will say this, that the Met Council did an excellent job of running the meeting, and um, they do seem genuinely interested in what everyone has to say, and uh, I think our input was valuable. So. Um, Centennial Lakes Police Department, I think someone mentioned already that we ended the year under budget by about 5%, so that's good news. Um, we do think that we've, we have two candidates for the two open spots that we are running through a background check right now, and we think that we're, we've got two good candidates that will be able to fill those spots, and we could be finally fully staffed for the first time in about three years. So um, probably won't lead to us being 5% under budget, which is the nice part about being understaffed, but we'll have the police coverage that you've thought you had all, all along, so. Um, new uh, UTV um, over in the building next door here, and that's um, something the Centennial Fire District acquired to help out on trail and um, out in the regional park and um, around the, on the lakes and stuff. Um, so just some areas that aren't real accessible by truck or certainly fire truck. And so uh, this UTV is equipped with some um, a small pumping uh, engine on it, uh, and um, can put out, you know, be helpful in grass fire situations and those kind of things. And just rescues on trails, right? People take a spill on their bike, they can have a broken leg. It's not too fun to try to get them back to a place where you can get to them with a truck. So, got a new door on the back side of the fire station here. And um, wanted to point out this new escape trailer. Um, this is something that SBM, our partners in the, at the fire department, have and will be. Um, deploying at our uh, Fet de Locks for people to enjoy. And um, it's these kind of educational things that, you know, a smaller department like we were before just couldn't afford to have some of these things. Our partnership with SBM has opened up these kind of things, right, where we can have access to this kind of um, amenity that we wouldn't have otherwise had access to. So thank you to SBM for allowing us to be their partner. And Mark, if I may just ask, can you explain what that safety house is? I, you know, I, I've not actually been in it, but um, my general understanding of it is it's you go inside and, you, and they, they show you kind of different fire hazards. It's like a, a, a miniature home, right? And they go in and they show you, see how the toaster's plugged in over here and you shouldn't have this extension cord over there? And, you know, um, and then you probably uh, have things like, um, can you spot the nearest escape route? What if there was a fire over here? Where would you go? Those type of things, and just go through just general fire safety in the home. Um, so it's it's meant to be at city festivals and those type of things, right? Mm -hmm. Where you have an engagement with the public and kind of um, do that that outreach outreach for safe public safety. So yeah. thank you. Lawn property, not a lot of new um, uh, stuff to talk about there, other than just we're, we're scheduling that open house and um, have had you know folks giving us their input. We have it up on the website, um, and so people are welcome to comment at this point in time, and we're collecting those comments to have as a, a repository for those comments so that you'll be able to see those when the public hearing comes along. And um, had a couple of interested parties in downtown, uh, our, our Block 7 property, uh, various development concepts. We haven't seen anything concrete on either, any of those proposals yet, but just still, still people interested. 
Old Mill Estates has been making progress on some of their permit closure items. I know they've had uh, surveyors out there and doing some things, so that's good. Um, Baby Villas, same thing. They've I actually saw a wetland permit come through to close that one out. Um, so I'm seeing real concrete steps just closing these two things out, which are way, way, way past due. Five years, five years in the making. Max Storage, as Councilman Murkowski alluded to, is now open for business, and I got their certificate of occupancy. Um, the Planning Commission did give the okay for three out of those four uh, interested parties. We're waiting on a conditional use permit application for the fourth, and we would process that soon. Um, we did have a meeting with a hotel developer uh, of a high-end brand, um, interested in that area north of Norbella again. So this is a different um, party than the previous one. Um, same same um, builder, but uh, different interested party. So uh, interesting to talk to them, a different concept. It's sort of an all-suite concept that um, um, would be an, an interesting um, fit here. I think it would work well and um, certainly a desirable brand name for you to, to consider. So hopefully that will work. Um, Any interest in retail on there? Or, uh, you know, we talked about the, yeah, we had talked about that concept layout where there's a, a detached restaurant, and uh, they were interested in that. Um, the hotel, I should say it this way, the hotel was interested in it, they weren't certain that they could find a restaurant that would be interested in it, in that location, right? So typically they both view that as a symbiotic relationship. Hotel does better with the restaurant there, restaurant does better with the hotel there. Yeah. Um, it's just that can the restaurant do well enough in that location to make it worth their while? And so they were all for having a restaurant there, they just weren't sure that they could find a partner. So, but we talked that through with them, you know, is there a way to plat the lot such that, you know, you leave that space open, until you can find a restaurant, you know, after the hotel gets established a little bit more, the restaurants can see the numbers that are, the occupancy numbers there and know, okay, yes, there are actually customers coming there. And, um, so lots of different options there. But it was encouraging to, to see someone um, looking at that because right now, essentially, there aren't any um, of the sort of traditional hotels being built uh, without major assistance, right? I mean, just, and that's that way across a lot of different retail, hotels, apartments, without assistance right now, there's just nothing getting built because the, it doesn't pencil out. But construction cost, interest rates, what you can get for rent just doesn't pencil out. So um, this concept is a different cost structure and, and different investment investor group. And so they thought there was um, a, a possibility there. So um, otherwise, just some stuff from our website and other community engagement stuff. Um, and that's about it. Uh, <clears throat> anybody have any questions for Mark? Uh, if not, Mark, I, I have one on that. Did we ever find out what were the results of the hotel study? Did they ever? Yeah, uh, you know, that's probably not something I can answer in a two-sentence okay. answer. The results are complex. Okay. <laughs> and it, it depends on what type of hotel you're talking about. What I would say is this. Um, it, it didn't. It, it it looked like the results showed that we could absorb a hotel in this market, um, and that um, we could be on par with other regional hotels in terms of we could attract a, the same quality, you know, that mid-level quality, and that we could fill those rooms at the, uh, a rate that would be normal in the industry. What the study essentially said is that 
that's all well and good, but it, this project doesn't pencil out because of construction costs and interest right. rates. So it said the market is there if construction costs would come down, and the market is there if interest rates would come down, but until that happens, this project isn't a viable project necessarily okay. without some sort of different structure. And that's what these folks are looking at is a different cost structure because it's a different kind of hotel. Hmm. Interesting. Did that information get presented to the EDA at all? Or uh, Yeah, I believe so. Okay. And then also we've, we've also um, obviously shared it with the developer and um, anyone else that comes to knock and then sure. we'll, we'll hand that out. So. Okay, good enough. Thank you, Mark. No, just been wondering about that, so it came up tonight. Um, yeah, the only other thing I would add is, um, I again, we, we, we had uh, Ray and, and um, Chris sworn in on the EDA the other night, and I just, again, want to say thank you for um, to Council Member Taylor for jumping in, stepping in, and filling the, the shoes and, and that seat here on Council and everything else that goes along with it. I know it's not easy to do. Um, it's, a, it's a sacrifice people make to do. And thank you very much for doing all that and, and taking that seat. And for Chris, too, um, yeah, I know there, <laughs> the EDA is, is an interesting group. We, we don't always maybe give them the best direction, but um, they do a great job, and, and she has been a valuable member. So thank you to her as well. Other than that, I think we uh, have covered about everything. And could we get a motion to adjourn? Yes. We got a motion and a second, and all in favor of further discussion? What? Nobody wants to not adjourn? Okay, all in favor, say aye. 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 We stand adjourned. Thank you.